Welcome to the Reclaiming You podcast. I'm your host, Valerie Schrader. On this podcast, I'm sharing my experiences of healing childhood trauma and the work that I do with my clients as a somatic trauma coach. We're also talking all about sex, love, relationships, career, and money as it pertains to healing and growth. The views on this podcast are my own, and keep in mind, I'm a cis white woman, so I have my own experiences of privilege. I may not always be able to relate to your journey, but I try my best to understand. If I do any harm, please reach out. I'm always willing to repair it. This podcast is mainly for women and AFAB people, but it's honestly for anybody on a journey of healing and growth. So enjoy. Welcome back to the Reclaiming Me podcast. As always, I'm your host, Valerie Schrader. Today's episode, I want to dive in a little bit more around like choosing to be single and how we approach relationships, but more focused on happiness and how we tend to seek that out, what we're taught about happiness, right? How, how do we get happiness? How do we achieve happiness? How do we feel it? And how that relates to relationships. So I was having a conversation with a friend of mine through text yesterday because um, she brought up the program that I have and another friend of ours, like who is a psychologist um, and a professor of psychology. And, you know, we were just talking about some of the statistics on why there's a rise in women or AFAB people choosing to be single if they tend to date male partners or you know male presenting partners and we were both just talking about how we've gotten to this place within ourselves where we recognize we are the person that provides ourselves happiness um, this particular friend she has a partner and has a great relationship with him um I obviously do not have a partner because I don't want one. But regardless of, you know, what our relationship status or lack thereof is, we both have gotten to this place in life through just, you know, a lot of self-reflection, a lot of work, a lot of deconstructing of recognizing that we are in charge of our own happiness. And for both of us, just how much that has transformed the way that we are approaching relationships, the way that we show up with people, the way that we feel about ourselves, right? The the way that we speak up for ourselves, the way that we handle things, it really has transformed a lot for both of us. Um, and, you know, this is something that we've both done or both dealt with probably... Um, you know, for a couple of years, me longer, just because I went on this journey of recognizing what I did and didn't want, um, for my life. And when it comes to romance and love and all that, um, years ago. So as we were talking about this, like there was just kind of this moment of reflection of, you know, I remember when I, I really recognized and was not only able to recognize, but give myself happiness, like provide that for me. 
how much differently I approached every single relationship in my life. It wasn't just, you know, any type of dating situation or whatever. I felt less inhibited. I felt less of a need to um, mask, to alter myself. I felt less of a need to... um, hold back on my thoughts and opinions and feelings and you know not like going so hard that I become like a a hard person to even converse with you know where there's no room for anybody else to to speak up right not talking about that because I you know I think a lot of people when they they get worried that they're gonna like suddenly if they start learning to do that right they're they're gonna become um so aggressive in that that you know there's no room for anybody else because we've all been around a person like that. And to that, what I remind people is usually people that are so utterly opinionated and aggressive in how they approach situations with other people, there's still some insecurity there, right? There's no insecurity in this. Like, of course, I have my insecurities. Of course, I deal with my things. But I'm so much more open I'm so much more comfortable being myself like letting myself be weird letting my freak flag fly sharing what I truly think and feel sharing what I'm into right as as weird and out out of the box that that may be I I let myself do that and the reason that happens and this the reason this has happened for both of us as we can you know talked about this is when you understand that you are responsible for your own happiness and you have the ability to give that to yourself, you also recognize that regardless of somebody else's thoughts and feelings, it doesn't have to affect how you feel about yourself. Like, of course, something can hurt you. You know, if a person rejects you, of course it will for a second. But it's not going to completely destroy your sense of self because you know how to take care of you. You know how to make yourself happy. You know how to move forward. You have a certain level of confidence in who you are as a person. And that is a lot harder to shake, right? That is a lot harder to um, diminish from somebody else because... Everybody else becomes like icing on the cake. It's not the thing, right? It's not the thing that you need or they are not the person you need to determine how you feel about yourself and your life at any given moment. It's you that does that. And that's a very profound experience. And it's, it's so... Like the best words I can explain, it feels so light when you get to that place of understanding that and actually being able to do that because all of the weight, all of the pressure that we put on ourselves, all of the anxiety that we have about how a person is perceiving us, um, especially in those romantic situations, my God, that, that moment where you realize that you're no longer like, how did they react to that text? They haven't answered back yet. Or I wonder what they're thinking right now. Or I wonder how they feel about me, right? All of that stuff starts to diminish or sometimes just completely go away. 
And when it does diminish, it is so small that you quickly catch them like, oh, I see what I'm doing. I just need to check in with myself. And it, it was really interesting for me in particular with this because I recognized the more that I allowed myself to be in charge of my happiness, things shifted in many other areas as well. Like I recognized that even within my business, the way that I would promote it, right? And, and because I've had a couple businesses, so much of the way that I had promoted my business in the past and both businesses was from this very anxious, desperate place of it needed to get the right engagement, right? I needed to get a certain amount of clients and all of those things. Because if I didn't, what it really proved was I was not loved and I was not accepted. And then that didn't make me happy. Then I felt bad about it, right? That is not a great energy to be putting out there. Like, it's just not. Um, I mean, for the people that listen to this podcast, like, imagine if I was coming at you from that energy right now of, I need you to love me. I need you to make me happy. Oh, my God. You'd be like, fuck this podcast. (laughs) I'm not listening to this shit. Because even if it wasn't explicitly said, like, you would just feel that and feel turned off from it. You would want to step away from it. And the same thing happens when we're in relationships with other people. Like that pressure, that underlying pressure that comes with being dependent on everybody else around you and especially a partner to create happiness for you. Oh my God, it is overwhelming. And and what happens a lot of times is they start to feel that pressure and they start to pull away or there's a resentment that builds up. And then when they don't give you it, you know, you desperately try to get that happiness, get that fix from them more and more. So then you start feeling more anxious, more um, chaotic. You start feeling resentful too, because it's almost like inside there's this little child that's stomping their feet going, gimme, gimme, gimme. Why won't you give me? Like I would, I remember like, when I was really understanding this about myself, I remember thinking like, oh my God, I can just picture this version of me inside kind of acting like Veruca Salt from <laughs> Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, screaming like, mine, mine, mine. I want it, daddy. I want it, daddy, right? Um, <laughs> great visual reference for you guys. But I remember like feeling that I'm like, oh, that does not feel good. And at the same time, being able to hold so much compassion for the part of me that was doing it because I had been taught my whole life to seek happiness from other people. And at the same time, you know, I grew up with this narcissistic mother that 90% of the time was ignoring me. 90% of the time I was just there in the background. I wasn't getting any affection or attention. And then the other times, I would say like 8% of the time was when she was blowing up, right? Kicking me out, screaming at me, just gaslighting me, you know, all, all of the good stuff that they do. And, and the other 2% was like this love bombing, but with this energy of... I need you to prove yourself to me. I I need you to give me something, right? Um, 
like, oh my God, I remember being even in high school when I, I didn't stay with my mom very much then, but I still had a relationship with her. I was in a performing arts program. Like I went to a performing arts high school. I was like a fame kid um, for music. And then I also did dance there. And I sang a Beatles song that she loves. Oh, darling. It is not a song meant for my voice. I am a classically trained jazz and blues singer. Um, the song did not fit my voice in any way, shape or form, but she wanted me to do it. And she would never come to my concert. She would never do anything like that. But this one time she came because I was doing this song for her. And because what she was hoping at that point, since I was getting more serious about music, uh, was that I would become this rich and famous singer and make all this money and take care of her. And it had been the same thing with my art. My my grandmother on my dad's side was an incredible watercolor artist. Like, I'm sitting in my bedroom right now and I actually have some of her paintings up and I have them all over my house because um, they're absolutely stunning. And if you've ever done watercolor, you know how hard it is to make that look good. Um, anyway, I I inherited a lot of her artistic ability. She taught me things when I was younger and then... I, my dad actually, when I was in middle school, put me in um, adult art classes because I was just, I was really good at it and I loved it. Um, but I stopped doing it when she recognized my talent because what she recognized was potential for me to make money, right? So here I was trying to get attention and affection from this one person. And the only way for me to be able to do that was if I was able to provide something that would give her some money. That was the only time I got that. And it became really exhausting. And then I recognized later on, like, oh my God, <laughs> because I'm so reliant on happiness from her and I get it through little scraps and I have to work so fucking hard for it. No wonder I struggled with my finances and with business success for so many years because there was also a part of me that was fucking resentful as hell for it. And yet on the flip side of that, there was another part of me that was anxiously desperate for somebody to give her that attention because that part of me never got it. It never got that true love and affection, that true happiness that was desperately needed and because I had never been taught to seek happiness for myself and that I gave it to myself which I mean even people that I know come from really great families like really healthy families which I'm always I'm always the person that asks so many questions because I'm like what's that like <laughs> like what is it like growing up in a family that's like emotionally open and available and safe and you know where you got encouraged and you got support like what is that right I always approach it like a, a research study I have a couple friends that have partners that come from that and I'm like can I just like pick their brain and talk to them um yeah <laughs> so I, I always ask questions but I, I find even still for many of those people and it's very rare that I've seen it, like, there is this teaching and even, like, open discussion about, like, providing yourself with happiness. And, like, what does that look like to do? Because I remember at one point my dad telling me, like, 
do what makes you happy in this world. But how do you do that? How do you figure that out, right? Because what, what I needed as well, and it's no fault of his own, right? Because he didn't, he wasn't taught either. And he didn't really know how to facilitate that. How do you, how do you do that? Because you also, ha- what that means is you also have to be of the understanding that that you are worthy of it, that you're deserving of it. And to get to that point, that means you've got to work on loving yourself and trusting yourself. And that even if something feels really wildly out of the box, if if that's what makes you happy, then that's what makes you happy, right? If it doesn't conform to society and yet it feels good and you know i'm not i'm not talking about anything harmful to other people i'm talking about things that are um good for you right like again perfect example i have chosen not to get married i've chosen to stay solo poly and i you know even if i do date um it, it's with the understanding that i'm not looking to go beyond certain things it's just it's not from a fear place it is literally just I I don't want that. I don't feel the desire toward it. And I'm also self-reflective enough to know, like, if at any point that starts to change, then that changes, right? But at this point in my life and for many, many, many years, uh, that has been true for me. So I don't know if we're going to change that anytime soon. But that for me, right, that is against everything society tells me to do, as especially as a woman, because we're supposed to want a partner. We're supposed to cling to this idea of romantic love being this grand accomplishment in life and this grand goal. And it, it gets shoved down our throats. And I don't care how much of a shitty or great childhood you have. Most of us on some level have gotten that message, right? And then think about it, like throughout your childhood, right? And you see the Disney movies, you see the images, all those things. Then people, like, as you grow up, they start asking you if you have a boyfriend, girlfriend, partner, whatever. And then (laughs) the energy behind those questions comes with, like, this, like, prejudgment of, like, if you don't provide the answer to yes, (laughs) there's, like, comments of, like, well, you better get on that. You're running out of time. Or, um, well, you know, you... just got to put yourself out there, whatever, right? All those things. People expect it. And then when you say you don't, they're like, oh, don't worry, you'll find somebody. I'm like, bitch, did I say I wanted somebody? Did I say that? No, I didn't. So, and there we go, right? But the emphasis is on us finding this grand partner to love us, to care about us, to fulfill us. And of course then... We obsess about finding the partner. Of course, we obsessively get on the dating apps or, put, or you know, try to connect with somebody. And then when we are dating somebody or in a relationship with somebody, right, we become so obsessed with it that we start, you know, throwing friendships to the side or, you know, focusing on that more than things that are important. Like I've I've talked to so many clients about this. And I've dealt with it myself in the past where it's like, 
you become so consumed with what's going on in the relationship that there are things in your life that you should be getting done even that day. But, like, you can't stop focusing on the relationship thing. Like, if there was a dispute, if you are if you feel like you're in this gray area or a comfortable space in it, especially, right, that becomes all-consuming. So, like, work projects or finding a new job or working on your business, right, promoting it, um, all of that stuff gets thrown by the wayside. Or, or maybe not completely thrown by the wayside, but it definitely stops becoming a priority. And I'm not saying that you you can't shift around priorities because we all do, right? But like when it gets to the point of other things in your life that are important to you are becoming not as important Um, And not because you don't want them to be, but because you have fixated on this one thing. It's something to look at, right? I I remember once, like, I had this grand opportunity to um, be on the news, right? To have my old business on the news. And it was going to be a returning segment. So, you know, great promotion for it. Because it was was a really great um, morning news program. Well, because I was having issues with my partner at the time and I was so desperate to try to fix things, I had agreed to go out with him the night before and then ended up staying out later no matter how much I reminded him that I had to be up at 5 a.m. to be at the to be at the station at 6, right? Um but you know, I I was more consumed with that, so I let that be the focus because if I wasn't happy with him, then I wasn't happy at all and I needed to make sure we were happy. And what happened? I overslept and I completely shit the bed on it. Like that was a completely my fault situation because I needed my happiness from him. I needed him to make me happy. And if he wasn't going to make me happy, then I wasn't happy at all. And then what would I do in my life, right? And looking back on that, like I had to really hold some compassion for myself because I'm like, I missed out on so much and something that was really important to me. And I was really proud of myself for doing simply because I was obsessed with trying to maintain or regain happiness from somebody else and of course you know already that relationship did not last in fact if I look back it was only I think a matter of months when that ended anyway so I fucking shot the bed on a thing that was for another studio got them years (laughs) of promotion because yes this went to another studio locally and for years they've had a this segment and (laughs) I completely lost out on it because I overslept because I was focused on this relationship and more so focused on this other person making me happy these are the consequences of these things right and at the whole time Because I was trying so much to get happiness from this other person. I was altering myself, right? I I was 
claiming interest in hobbies and things, movies and stuff that he was into. Um, and I did this with multiple partners, but, you know, this is the one example I'm giving. I was, you know, um, keeping parts of myself secret because I wanted I wanted him to love me. I wanted him to like me because that, that equaled happiness, right? And yet, again, as I've said, the moment that I started to recognize it all came from me, I shifted away from that. I, it it took so much pressure off me and I've noticed like my relationships like the the friendships and stuff that I have now um or the friendships that I've had in the past but like you know like looking at over the last couple of years like the way that these have changed oh my god we're so much closer we enjoy each other's company even more than we ever did um I enjoy being around other people more I I just feel lighter. I feel lighter. I feel freer. I feel more confident in myself. Because again, it all comes back to my own happiness. And I'm sure you're thinking like, okay, this is great. But how do I get there? Well, one, the first part of this is you need to look at, at the part of you that has learned to seek out happiness from somebody else. Like, Ask yourself the question, when did I first learn that happiness came from other people? A memory might pop into your head instantly, or you might kind of think about a certain age, right? Because it's not like you're going to be like, well, there was at this date and time, right? This is when I learned it, right? But just whatever uh, memory or age you start to think of, start analyzing that. What was going on in my life? What was happening, right? What did you need? to know what did that part of you need right because that part of you learned to seek out happiness from other people so what it what does that part of you need well probably needs validation it needs somebody to tell it something you know that is going to make it feel good so start giving yourself that right and and start learning to connect with your body yourself. Start questioning, like, what makes me happy? How can I bring more of that in my life? Maybe there are certain activities. Maybe there are certain hobbies that you've always wanted to try and you've denied yourself, right? Um, start getting in touch with your body, learning to feel it, learning to express it. Um, if you've looked at all at my program, Solo and Satisfied, if you're a woman or AFAB person, there's this very specific reason I'm using sensual movement in that because we're taught one to seek happiness from other people, but we're also taught that our sensual body is a very dangerous thing and it should, and it is only for other people like a husband or, you know, partner right when we get married. Think about the correlation of that. Sexual pleasure, sensual pleasure, and happiness go hand in hand. So if you can learn to express your body and, and feel into it in that way, using that type of movement, right, you start feeling differently about your body. And when you start feeling differently about your body, you start feeling differently about yourself in general. You start feeling differently in your mindset, right? 
Um, I, I mean, I've, I've taught central movement to thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people. And yes, I'm, I'm not exaggerating. Like I taught it for 17 years um, in a studio environment. And then, you know, I've still been teaching it in certain programs as a coach. So we're, we're looking on almost two decades here of this. And yes, it's been thousands of people. I have watched the relationships a woman or AFAB person have with themselves completely transform through that because there's a certain sense of power and sense of confidence that gets built up. And that is part of happiness. Like when you feel that sense of internal power and confidence and you really like understand your body and you can appreciate it you start understanding and appreciating yourself more because the two go hand in hand right the um, emotional mental body the spiritual body and that physical body so yeah gotta ask the questions figure out when we learn that figure out how to give that part of us the happiness that we need start getting in touch with our body figuring out what makes us happy what makes us light up and figure out how to soothe in those moments where we notice we latch on. Like as I was doing this for myself, I and I was recognizing certain behaviors that I would do when I was really, really trying to seek out that affection and attention and happiness from somebody else. I had created a little mantra based on what this part of me needed. So every time I would do that, I would either stand in front of a mirror or if I didn't have a mirror, like maybe I was, I would go for a walk or something or as I was dancing or whatever, I would internally say, I love you. You are beautiful inside and out. You are strong, smart, brave, and kind, and I'm happy you exist. Because that's what I wanted to feel when I was a kid. I just wasn't taught that I had the option to feel that for myself. So those words specifically hit that part of me and I would just repeat them over and over again internally thinking about that version of me, right? That, that time in my life so that I could connect consciously to that time period because our subconscious mind does not know the difference between the past and the present, right? I would connect. And over time, what I noticed is Every time I would do those behaviors that were like anxiously, desperately seeking attention and the affection from others, because again, my happiness was dependent on them. So that equaled, so if I got it, that meant happiness, right? I would just say that over and over. And I would, I would give myself a hug at some point, like literally like wrap my arms around my body and hug. And over time, it became easier and easier to figure out what I needed to give myself versus doing the behaviors that caused me to latch on to other people for it. And a disclaimer I want to give with all of this because I'm sure some of you are thinking it. Well, does this mean you no longer feel happiness from anybody else? Like, because that doesn't sound good either. Not at all. Um, Again, as my friend and I were talking about this, What we have recognized is we have this profound ability to feel joy with other people and being connected to them because like our energy matches their energy, right? There's something about like our souls that just kind of speaks to each other and it feels so good. 
but it, it's not from this dependent, needy, desperate place. It's just, oh, I, I see you, you see me, and it feels so fucking good to connect with you. Like, it, it's fabulous. It really is. It's a whole different way to approach a relationship. So, it, you know, like, I've even had clients say to me, like, okay, that do want to get in a partnership. They're like, so what if I'm, you know, learning to fulfill my own needs and, and make myself happy? Then what's the point of the relationship, right? And I was like, the point of the relationship is you get to take this journey through life with this other person, right? They get to know you. They get to share their world with you and vice versa, like they are a witness to your existence and so are you. And that's a beautiful thing. But it's coming from a much healthier place. When we can do that, that is completely different. That changes the dynamic of a relationship completely. And think about what that, it doesn't just free you up. If we're going to talk about truly loving another person, think about what that does for them too. Because instead of them feeling all of this pressure from you and this, this energy from you that they have to be responsible for everything, they just get to exist with you. They get to go on this journey of getting to know you, learning you, and vice versa. You know, creating some kind of common goal together. But it's all about being in harmony with each other it's not about pressuring and putting on pressure to be something for one another that you don't have to be right again very different energy but for myself and for anybody I have guided into this or seen do this you know I see the relationships become a lot healthier because instead of this person now having to become your best friend, your lover, your therapist, your cheerleader, your travel partner, your hobby partner, right? Um, your roommate, your co-parent in some cases, right? All of these things, a lot, a lot of pressure gets lifted and it doesn't mean that you can't enjoy experiences like that with one person, but they are not the end-all, be-all, sole person that is involved in all of that, right? It's not dependent on them fulfilling all of those roles, right? I hope that this makes sense, and I hope this gives you some food for thought. If you feel like you have some work to do around this, like, and it's work that you want to do, and you want to have that sense of lightness, that confidence, that ability to to take the pressure off and and really enjoy relationships with others again and enjoy the relationship with yourself more um and you're a woman or afab i definitely recommend checking out solo and satisfied it's an eight module course we will be doing some q a calls together like where you will get some coaching from me we also have some full moon um ceremonies together because why not right this is also about learning to be in community in a much healthier way 
And you also have like pre-recorded lessons on the sensual movement, some exercises, some somatic practices to actually teach you to create this happiness for yourself. So instead of me just saying like, yeah, just do it, like (laughs) I'm I'm guiding you through it, right? Um, It's an amazing course. It starts on September 13th, but you can sign up now. There's payment plans available. So all the good stuff there. And you can find the uh, information for that in the show notes. If you got something out of this, if this spoke to you, please leave me a comment. Let me know. Like and subscribe this podcast. Make sure you're following it. Send it to somebody also that you think could use this conversation. Um, you know, maybe that little nudge or maybe just to start it with somebody in your life and be like, mm, how, how can we shift our relationship? Right? This is a great way to open the door for that conversation. And again, I hope you got something out of this. And remember, you make yourself happy. Everything else beyond that is just icing on the cake.